Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junton. We're here with another big guest, man. It's my pleasure to welcome Tampa Bay Rays left-handed pitcher, finished last year in AAA, not a big deal, whatever, Kenny Rosenberg. What is up, Kenny? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure, man. And honestly, like, we're going to put this on the record here right at the start of the show. Kenny's a fan of the show. So people that are chirping the Fisher and Official podcast, we're moving up here. We got fans going here, and I had to get him on the pod. He follows the he follows it. He loves the content. So we had to get him on the pod, man. Yeah, that's facts, man. I mean, just uh, anybody who's who puts the time in to, to kind of show what's up with the, with the grinders, really, you know, because it's not just the big guys, it's the little people, too, you know. So we appreciate it. Yeah, and I like to show love to the minor leagues, man. As a guy that's never never even sniffed the minor leagues, just the JUCO guy, <laughs> JUCO bandit, I like to tell, talk to us, talk about the stories, man. We've got a pretty good amount of those on this podcast. Um, so let, let's go into it here. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit different because we're in self-isolation. We're in hell, as I call it. There's no sports to gamble on. There's no sports to watch. Just Fortnite MLB the show. What have you been doing in isolation so far? Because I believe, are you, in, are you out in Cali right now? So, long story short, like my fiance and I, she came out with me this season for the first time from California. Yes. But, um, we decided we made the executive decision once they banged spring training that we were like, you know, screw it. We're not going to, we're not going to drive across the country to, you know, a war zone out in Cali. So we just stayed in Florida, um, and drove across the state to, from Port Charlotte, where the Rays camp is to Palm Beach gardens, where, um, Shout out Eric Cressy and Cressy Sports Performance. I've been training remotely with them. Um, but they got a facility out here, and they were open as of last week. So I came out here, got a good week of work in. They shut down Saturday uh, through the 31st of March. So kind of just following what everyone else is doing, you know, through the end of the month. Um, but we'll see. So I got guys that I can throw with out here. Um, so it's a pretty good situation. But, yeah, it just didn't really make sense to go back to California. Yeah, no, and I heard everywhere around the U.S. We're a Canadian podcast, pro Canada show. That it's, it, I mean, it's not as bad here as it is, I believe, in the U.S. I mean, we're not allowed to leave the house, but we don't get like fines or anything like that, or just like a lot of places aren't really as closed. But what is it like in Tan- or in Florida right now? Because I, we've seen the stories on Twitter of those dumbass kids spring spring break <laughs> going bananas on the boardwalk if there's a boardwalk. Just going crazy. So, what is it like? What is the mood like? Because you, you, you just said you pretty much drove across the state. What is it like yeah. there? Is it a ghost town? Dude, you would be surprised. There's a lot of people still out and about. So, like California, New York, two extremes, like the most highly populated states. Like they're pretty much, I would say, like where you're at, where they're pretty locked down. Florida, there's not like they literally just closed gyms like three four days ago so it's they're pretty behind i mean even i've been seeing like meme pages on instagram and stuff been spending a lot of time scrolling through memes instagram and twitter but um they've been posting like stuff that like florida is just like a whole another country you know it's it's there's no rules so like they just started closing stuff down it's i mean it's it's not a ghost town people are still i mean obviously like restaurants and stuff and you know like i said the gyms are closed but like People are still out and about. I mean, you'd be surprised. Like some people just don't even think that like the virus exists. I mean, I would I would feel comfortable saying that a certain percentage of the Florida population thinks it's a hoax still. So, yeah. And yes. I said you're from Cal State Northridge University or CSU or CSUN or CSNU. Yeah. CSUN. We call it we call it CSUN or Cal State Northridge. Yeah, there's a bunch of Cal states. So. 
Okay, but beside the fact, was part of you waiting for like uh, one of the students from the school you went to in those uh, spring break videos breaking the internet? Nah, it's not like it's not like a SC or a UCLA where like Cal Berkeley where there's like a bunch of like it's it's not a fun I, like no I loved my time at CSUN like met met my future wife there you know obviously baseball career has worked out to this point but it's not a party school it's not a it's not a cool school to go to it's not like a bunch of spring breakers go out of cal state northridge it's a commuter it's in the valley north la like it's just a ho-hum get your degree kind of area there's no <laughs> it's not like we got people traveling the country like i, I i'd be, be willing to bet that the majority of people who go to cal state northridge even if there was no virus, would be spending their spring break somewhere in California, if not like maybe Mexico, maybe. So how many of these kids that went to that school turned out to be future bloggers? Because I feel like this might be a little bit biased, maybe even borderline racist, but I feel like majority of the people that live in California are trying to be YouTube bloggers. Am I wrong on that? Or like, would you see a lot of people walk around California with cameras? It's, it's definitely like certain areas uh, a little bit more of that kind of like that movement than others. You know, we, uh, I found his name's Christy. Christy and I lived in Orange County this, this past off season in Newport beach specifically. And it's a nice area. Like we just rented for a few months and there was definitely like at the beach and everything, like you see that page, like influencers in the wild, like that's totally like, there was definitely a lot of that going on, but Cal state Northridge is, was very different. Like that's like, San Fernando Valley, that's more like working class. Um, you know, we call it like, I mean, it's not a concrete jungle, but there's like more, there's more like chipotles than trees, we used to say. Like, obviously, it's an yeah. exaggeration, but like, it's that kind of, that kind of area. So, um, but yeah, definitely in certain parts of the state, especially like, you know, some of the wealthier areas, you know, Orange County, San Diego, uh, you definitely see a lot of that, obviously. I mean, it's TikTok is just going crazy. Yeah, and you just mentioned you got engaged. Uh, yeah, congratulations from the official and official podcast. But I have a request here. There's two requests. I had a request <laughs> to Jonathan Heasley that he invites me. I feel like it's obligated that I get invited to this wedding or that you have a table that's designated for wedding crashers. Just for people that just want to show up to the wedding and have a good time. I think I think we can make that happen. I'm a big fan of, of the movie Wedding Crashers and ultimately like the concept in general. And, like, if I had people that I knew that I, like, you just didn't make the cut, you know what I mean? Because, like, we got to pay for it. So, if I had, like, if there was, like, a group of people, you know, like, obviously, you guys don't have to organize it. But if there was, like, say, you know, five, ten people that I didn't invite that just said, you know, screw it, we're going. I'd be like, look, we got a table just in case. So, yeah. There it is. No. I'm about that. Especially because you got to come all the way to California, more than likely. We'll probably do it in California. So, if you're going to make the effort to, like, get all the way out there without an invite, I'd be like, Yo, hats off to you. Like, you come sit at my, you take my seat. You know, like that's good for you. Well, yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't take your seat, then I'd be the one that'd be getting married. But like, I, I always wanted <laughs> to say a speech or just be the master of ceremonies at a wedding. So I'm just gonna slowly plant the seed in most of my guests and be like, just hopefully one day they'll be like, dude, I need a master of ceremonies for my wedding. Let's get you in the mix here. So what's the wedding planning been like for you right now? Like, is it it coming in soon or is it going to be a couple more years to the wedding? No, yeah, it's super early stages, um, especially with all, you know, this virus stuff going on. Like a lot of people, like even out to like summer and fall weddings are pushing theirs back. So um, we just got engaged in in, at the end of February 1st, February 1st. Marked it. it. Scouting report. So well done. 
um yeah so we're like we're definitely not in any sort of hurry but um yes we haven't really started planning i'm kind of i'll definitely be procrastinating that for the near future no yeah and let's talk about a guy that you play with before we get into the draft and all that kind of stuff chris muller does chris let's talk about this does he have an invite to the wedding because I've I've actually planned on being his plus one, but he is wifed up now to majority of the wedding. So if his girlfriend cans the wedding or can't show up, I'm his mm-hmm. plus one. We already agreed on it. Is Chris invited to the wedding? So I love that I'm getting put on the spot here. And, you know, I thrive in the moment. And I would say right now he is absolutely on the fence, falling towards an invite. Like he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like sitting on the edge of the fence and he's leaning all he's got to do is let go. You know what I mean? So he's, yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say he's projectable, projectable invite for sure. People yeah. are starting to wonder if, I mean, he's been going viral on Twitter. We talked about it before the interview. Is it starting to get to his head? I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking out for the guy. I don't know if it's starting to get to his head because he's been just blowing up on Twitter with the day nine without baseball day eight without baseball. And people are starting to wonder. He's been, he's actually ducked a couple of my texts, believe it or not. So Chris, if you're listening to this, man, I mean, we got to be better here. If you want, I need a plus one at my wedding. Maybe you got the invite. I don't know, but you're on the fence with me also. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not on board with the whole duck and text thing. I mean, like we know you're on your phone. You got nothing else to do. So. <laughs> well, he's made he's a TikTok superstar now and a Twitter superstar. Do you have any funny stories? Let, let's just break. Let's just start it off right here. Mm-hmm. Do you have any funny stories about Chris? Because you guys, I believe, played a, a, a little bit together. Not obviously locks. You're in AAA now, but. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have, yeah, do you have any funny stories about Chris? Yeah, so I don't I never actually spent a full season with him. But generally speaking, I would just say like he's the kind of guy that I we'd never like had any reason to be boys, but like we just like kind of had that same kind of outgoing personality and like just kind of related well. And so like we really it's funny, we act like we've been boys for like 5 years and <laughs> we haven't spent like more than consecutive like other than excluding spring training i haven't hung out with him more than like two or three days in a row so but like we we like mesh super well and i played golf with him <laughs> i would say that the, the main story that i can think of i played golf with him and kyle bird super weird group like none of us had really spent much time together but we were all there for like a pitcher's camp and kyle's now with the with the rangers super great guy you should have him on um uh, new dad as of a few months ago. Um, there it is. But, uh, actually, it might have been a year by now. But, um, yeah, we played golf together, and I was, like, I'm kind of just, like, a casual golfer. Like, I'm not, I'm okay. Like, I hold my own. But um, this guy comes up and hits the ball, like, an absolute bazooka. And I was just, first hole, you know, just absolutely bangs one. And I was just, I was like, man, I'm, I'm way in above my head right now. And um, <laughs> I actually ended up playing pretty well that round. But the dude just hits. I mean, you you look at him. He's 6'5", you know, 240, push 250, I want to say. He'll probably get mad if I lowball him on the way. I think he's 250. But just just a large human being. So he's, he hits the golf ball very, very, very far. And he throws very hard as well. Yeah, no, he, he he. I mean, like I said, he's the people's guy. He's a guy's guy. He's a guy's dude. He's one of those guys you can go have a couple of beers with at the bar. And so let's go into your career here. You start out, at, like you said, Cal State Northridge, and then you get drafted eighth round by the Tampa Bay Rays. Was that like a little bit later than you expected, or were you kind of was that like kind of in the range that your agent told you? Um, that's a tough question to answer. The draft is just kind of a wild time. Um, but I would say like it was 
like I was just stoked for the opportunity. Honestly, I know it sounds cliche, but it, it, that's really the case. I, I walked on at Northridge my freshman year. Um, I didn't have any offers to play Division One. I. I almost played D three. So by the time I got to, you know, I threw eleven innings as a freshman, didn't pitch as a sophomore. So by the time it was my junior year and I started balling, I was like, like eighth round, dude. Like you told me two years prior that I was gonna get drafted eighth round, I would have said you're, you know, off your rocker. So I was, I was stoked. Um, honestly, yeah, especially uh, to be drafted by a great organization um, that my agent had good contacts with. My agent represented, still represents uh, M. Longoria, and then later Matt Duffy was with the Rays. So we had we had a history. He had a history with the organization. So I was just excited to be to be with an organization that he trusted, and you know, he obviously told me would, would be a great place for me to be from a development standpoint. So I was super stoked. Oh, Tampa Bay Rays are definitely like a, I mean, it's the number one ranked or minor league system in baseball. And speaking on that, you guys have a guy that's kind of an urban legend to this podcast. I mean, Chris has talked about him a little <laughs> yeah. bit. I think I asked Glass now about him, but I don't remember. His name, he, he goes did. by, he the, did, he, yeah. this guy's ripping around in Lamborghinis in the minors. Uh, orange, I believe, Lamborghini. Wander Franco, what is this guy like? What is What is this legend like? Honestly, like Wander's a super nice kid. I've haven't actually played with him in in season. Yeah, I've got to spend some time with him in spring training um, the last two years. But um, every like he's super high energy. He's always smiling. Like he's got all the braces and everything. And he's like he's super positive. He's he doesn't like I know he drives the Lambos and he he does have two. I've seen them both. One's an SUV um, <laughs> and no, it's they're dope. Obviously. Um, but I think I heard, I listened to the Glass Now podcast, and I actually remember this part because I remember being like, yeah, dude, I totally agree. But if you're going to ball out like that, like, you might as well do it, do it. You know what I mean? Like, don't just get one Lambo. If you're going to get a Lambo, you might as well get two. So I, I completely agree with that. Like, if you're going to do it, just, you might as well absolutely send it. So I respect the heck out of it, especially because he's a nice guy and he's not, he doesn't walk around like a shit dumb sink or anything like that, so... Yeah, no, I, I just like I just find that so crazy that he's like a he's a guy in the minor leagues. I he doesn't I, I believe he doesn't speak that much English. Am I right? Or he doesn't speak English like at all? Uh it's <laughs> it's not great. I mean he's young still, so he hasn't been in the States very long. He's been in the States for like a year and a half, I think. So um he seems interested. You know, there are some guys who don't seem interested in learning, but yeah, it's not great right now. So Yeah, no, and like I said, he He's one of those guys that, like, we don't really know that much about. We just know that he's disgusting at baseball. It was kind of like Vladdy growing up, going up, like, in the Blue Jays system. Toronto sports fans didn't really know that much about him. We were just like, holy shit, this guy's, like, mashes baseballs for a living. Have you seen him, like, play in a game or just take BP? And what, what kind of stood out to you? What stands out to you in uh, Wander Franco's games? So, my, the first thing that I heard about him... Like the when I because he played in Bowling Green, I was in Montgomery most of the year, so I didn't. I was we were separated by a couple levels, and I had a buddy, it might have been Chris, honestly, that told me they said that he went a full month, I think it was like the month of May or June or something like that, where he didn't swing and miss. I'm not talking punch out, like he did, he literally <laughs> did, like he didn't, he didn't swing and miss at a single pitch. We're talking 30 days, probably at least, <laughs> at least 27 games, right? That's I mean, quick maths in my head. You're getting like 90, 100 at bats, maybe, especially hitting the leadoff spot where he literally didn't swing and miss at a single pitch. So when I heard that, I was like, all right, you know. And I looked, I saw obviously the numbers don't lie. Um, and then this spring training, I went and backed up at one of the big league games, and I think I want to say it was in 
West Palm Beach. We were playing the Nationals. And Steven Strasburg punched him out. And I was like, all right, I mean, that's a good guy to get punched out by. And then I backed up again. Uh, where were we? He turned a triple play. I forget where we were playing. Uh, I think it was in Northport. We were playing the Braves in Northport, the new stadium. And he started a triple play. It was like a line drive, threw it first, then threw back to second or something. And it was obviously like kind of blew up. And so I was like, okay, like he picked it. You know, it was a it was a really nice play. And I think that's what stood out to me is just his his just natural raw abilities with his like hands, right? So like it's not like he's hitting fifty homers or anything like that yet, but um, just super super coordinated, like really really good hand eye. And and speaking about you here, now let's pump your tires a little bit because we just pumped Wander Franco's. I mean, can we call you the Cy Young in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen? Let me pull up the stats here. So in twenty eighteen. You go 11-2 and two with, like, I believe, a, me- a middle four ERA. 2019, which is you're in a higher level, just showing that you carve hitters for a living, you go 11-5 and five with kind of the same ERA, maybe even a little bit lower. Is it appropriate to call you the Cy Young Award for those levels? Because those are just, like, Greg Maddox numbers right there. It's a stretch. I mean, I appreciate it. Um, it's a stretch. You know, I definitely, um, you know, don't want to toot my own harm. It was a good year this past year. Um Hi, 2018, that win column is a little deceiving. I will say I ended up with like, I think I had like a 4-8. I mean, it wasn't a good year, frankly. And everyone, I went home saying like, man, wow, you won 11 games. And I was like, yo, my offense was disgusting. I didn't have to do anything. I think I went, so we had, we were doing the opener that year. So that was the first year the opener 2018 was. And like I said, I was in high, Port Charlotte, Florida State League, miserable league to play in. Um, and so we started trying it in the minors to kind of prepare all the guys. And I think I had one start, I believe it was in St. Lucie, where I came in behind an opener. So opener goes one or two innings and I come in and we put up like, we, it must've been like nine zero when I, when I come in. Right. So I gave up eight runs. I could, and I'd still get a win <laughs> because I come in behind an opener and I'm the, I'm the, the pitcher of record for that game because you have to throw five to get a win. So Somebody goes one and I come in being a, being a, a bolt guy, right. And coming in behind an opener is like, especially if your team can hit, you got a really good chance of getting a win. So I did that a lot that year. I think I had that one start in St. Lucie. I think I went like three plus like three and two thirds, maybe like maybe got through the fifth and pitched like one batter in the six and gave up like five or six runs. And I got a win. So that kind of, <laughs> that kind of, that kind of summed up my year. I would say like the record was a little deceiving, but I definitely struggled in high um, last year, I definitely pitched a lot better. Um, just, just definitely made some adjustments with pitch selection, and obviously, like always, improving stuff and whatnot. But yeah, eighteen wasn't that wasn't as good as it looked on paper for sure. Honestly, who really cares about ERA? We're a wins and loss kind of guy. This is a wins and loss podcast. ERA is a little bit overrated. Screw ERA. We're kind of moving the times here. So, like I said, we like to go into minor leagues here in this podcast and we like to bring out a story every single week the minor league story of the week last week i don't know if you heard it with matt Taber. we had a fan literally climb the foul pole in the middle of a game and put it on snapchat i don't know if you have a story that's that crazy because that's like a one in a million kind of story but what's the craziest story that you have from the minor leagues you played in the florida florida state league which yeah. is i mean the trenches of the trenches so i mean you got you, got, you have to have some firepower here yeah so Florida, I'll give you a quick Florida State League story, and then I'll give you what I consider one of my better minor league stories. And I don't think either of them are really going to come close to the foul pole story, but 
you know, nonetheless. Uh, Florida State League one. This is just kind of just a quick comment. We so notorious summer rains, right? Like almost on the clock, like 4:30 p.m. It rains for like an hour, and then 5:30 it's good, and then by the 6:30 start, you're good to play. Uh, but we were in Kissimmee, Florida, playing the Florida Fireflogs, the uh, Braves affiliate, who are, I believe are no longer in Kissimmee. I think they're now going to play at the Northport facility. But so this field was, you know, on its way out. So it was their either last or second to last year at this at this facility. So they didn't take exactly great care of the outfield. And we played. So we knew it was going to rain that weekend or, what, you know, four game series, I think it was. So we played. We we started with a doubleheader because we knew it was going to rain. So we tried to get two in. We got the first game in. We played seven innings. We were playing two sevens. Second game, we got through like three innings. I think I pitched that game. So I only pitched like two, two and a third, something like that. Pouring rain. We didn't play the rest of the series. So that's the Florida State League for you. We we went there for a four game series. It only it, it really it rained like the first day and a half. Like it didn't rain the second two days we were there, but it rained so hard and the field sucked. So we didn't play those last two games, even though it was sunny. <laughs> so that was that was like total Florida State League. Um, yeah, it's just a grind, then, man. It's the shittiest weather ever. Yeah, so even more of a grind than the Florida State League, I'll tell you, was the Appy League, Appalachian League. I'm sure there had to be someone on the prog, prog before me who came on and said that the Appy League was just brutal. Um, and it was that's just the facts. So... I guess uh, my best story is I'm not going to name names here because it's just like not a, not the best look for this particular guy. We don't yeah we don't but, throw um, guys under the bus. We'll, we no, we'll, no. we'll just say it was me. Yeah. So this kid, great guy, still still in touch with him. He's no longer with the Rays. Um, that's all I'll say. But um, he was starting a game against Bluefield at home, and there's this thing in Princeton. I played for the Princeton Rays, right, in Princeton, West Virginia, in the Appalachian League. So we were playing the Bluefield Blue Jays. Um, who was, I guess, like our rival because they were like 15 minutes away and everyone else was a couple hours. Um, and Vladdy played in that league as well. But uh, we we had this thing called the, the Mercer Cup. It's like Mercer County. So the winner of the the series, the, the season series, would take home the Mercer Cup. And it was like their Super Bowl, right? But we didn't care because we were like a bunch of kids who just got drafted and just like literally just wanted to go home at this point. We hated being in West Virginia, frankly. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it also it also happened to be a decisive game because if we beat them then we went we eliminated them and we went to the playoffs so it was the mercer cup and for playoffs and none of us wanted to go to playoffs we all wanted to go home <laughs> so this kid's pitching and we're like dude you gotta blow it like you have to you have like we don't want to go and he was he was all about it. he's like yo like i'm just gonna like throw everything middle middle like i can't make it too obvious you know and again i don't like i'm not naming names for that reason but it seemed like he wasn't that into it. Um, so long story short, he goes like five shutty, gives up like one hit, absolutely dices. And I was charting that day. And I remember sitting behind the plate and everything was middle. He was just throwing this big loopy curveball, and he was just throwing everything down the middle and just absolutely carving these kids. So we end up going, he ends up absolutely shoving like bullpen comes in, Latinos, whatever, get it done. We win, we win the, the Mercer Cup, they like lift the trophy and I see these guys and like all my friends are in the back like face palming, you know, like what did we just do? <laughs> and we go out that night, you know, when I say out, I mean we just rip some beers at the uh, the quality inn, which is where we lived all summer. Um, for me it was two weeks at the beginning, two weeks at the end, but you know, that's where we lived. Um, and so we like we're drinking, like we weren't, you know, walking around and we go out 
out on the town that is Princeton. So there's basically like, <laughs> there's like a Chick-fil-A, a gas station and a Shoney's across the street. And Shoney's has all these letters, like, like one of those old school, like letter signs. Yeah. So like, <laughs> we get a guy climb up there and change, change the lettering. And we, we have enough letters to write the kid's name and then the number four mayor. <laughs> so, so we changed this. I still have a picture of it somewhere. I'll have to send it to you. Um, but yeah, so we, we change it. And as we're changing the sign, cop turns, turns a corner and we all, we all scatter. So we just like the Princeton, the Princeton police department, you know, pulls up on us as we're changing the Shoney sign and we all just scattered. And thankfully, like we all made it back. Um, but, but that sign was, you know, it was like that. And we came back the next day. It was still like that. So, so you just was... threw the kid under the bus. And honestly, I just find it crazy, though, that he was, like, trying to, like, obviously give them hits, and they couldn't hit it. Is, is that, isn't that just the craziest thing about baseball is, like, when you put in the minimal effort, it's like the guys the most minimal effort swings are the guys that mashes. The guys, he's putting in yeah. minimal effort throwing cock shots and the, is just carving the team. So he went five yeah. shutties, you said. I It was I mean, we were, it was kind of a weird thing, you know, like with starters, because they didn't go full innings. But I remember, I'll have to go back and look at the box score. I'm pretty sure he didn't give up a run, four or five innings, minimal hits. Like, at, he, he carved, I know that. <laughs> That's insane. And you talked about minor league cities that you played in. I, there's a team here that I also have a fascination with, their mascot, the name, everything about it. We had a guy, Jake Hager, former first rounder, not a big deal. Yeah, drafted the race. I, know, I know Jake. Oh, you know Hags. Okay, so Hags played he there. The, he was with the he was with the Rays for like a year when I was when I was here. So I, he's a beauty. But so yeah, there's a team, the Montgomery Biscuits, one of the most banana names, the banana logo. Like, if people listening don't know the logo, just search it. The logo is a biscuit with butter in the middle of in the in, with butter in the middle of the biscuit. So talk about it's what in was his it like. Mouth. It's like his yeah. mouth too. It's it's electric. Yeah. It's yeah. It's an electric logo. What was it like for you to play in Montgomery and just see a mascot that was literally like a biscuit, like a morning biscuit, walking around the so, park? So you'd be surprised. Our biscuit was actually his name is Big Mo, and he wasn't a biscuit. He was. We're still there's conflicting the uh, theories as to what animal he was. Um, <laughs> I'm leaning. I'm leaning Aardvark, but. Some guys think anteater, regardless. He's this big, you know, kind of orangish red fella, and um, he's not a biscuit, which I was kind of disappointed to, to see that he, you know, we didn't have a biscuit mascot. But nonetheless, Big Mo was, was also, you know, he did great. Um, but as far as like the jerseys and everything and on the hats and stuff, it was sick. And the city of Montgomery, I had a blast. I love Montgomery. It's my favorite year of baseball yet. It helps when you pitch well and the team's good, obviously, but just like, some of the cities we got to go to and everything, I, all around great year. A little disappointed that we didn't have like an actual biscuit mascot, but um, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm looking at the logo right now. What in God's name did they do to come up with this mascot? Because I'll, I'll tweet it out when we do when we make this clip here. But it, this mascot has literally no relevance to a biscuit like at all, which is just so no. minor leagues. They just said, let's just make this. They probably bought it at a discount store, and they like they're like. This is our mascot. We're gonna throw a Montgomery Biscuits jersey on him. So we gotta we gotta get to the point. Of, we we gotta get to the we gotta get deep into that. Maybe do an ESPN thirty for thirty on try to figure out why this is the mascot for the Montgomery Biscuits. I mean, you could argue the same thing about Princeton's mascot, Roscoe the Rooster. I mean, he's the only mascot. He's the only mascot in all of sports that talks. 
Really? So yeah, he, his they real actually, voice? Yeah, he talks. And they did a, oh my gosh, now that I think, I think they did a Vice short film on, on it. They didn't know, yeah, they did a Vice short on the Princeton-Bluefield matchup. And they have Roscoe in it, yeah. Look it up. Oh my god, yeah. It look this guy, this mascot even looks worse. He just looks like he works at like a Chick-fil-A and it's like the Chick-fil-A mascot. That's he, that's exactly smell, what this guy he looks smells. Like. He smells too, which doesn't help. Where he used so, to smell. Might be a new person. They might have cleaned him up a little bit, but <laughs> so he has nothing going for him. He's a mascot grinding up probably like eight to nine dollars an hour. He he I mean, smells horrible. But yeah. So, so what other major league, minor league towns did you go into with like the craziest team names you've ever heard of? Because you've, like, like you said, you've just, you can't, you brought a lot out of the gutter here that I had no idea about. I didn't even know about the rooster. I didn't know the I've been, yeah. I've been, I've been around to a lot, a lot of cities that I never thought I would set foot in. Uh, I'm trying to think about mascots in general since we're on the topic. The Lugnuts, the Lansing Lugnuts was kind of weird. Yeah, the like Blue theme song too. It was like go nuts, go nuts, go nuts, go nuts. Look, yeah. Look, so like they they had this whole ordeal, and I didn't. I mean, I get, I get, I guess like Michigan with like, I don't know, like manufacturing maybe. That might be a stretch. Yeah. But. So what's the what, what's the weirdest town you've been in then? Because you you just said you you've been everywhere. Like you said, you've just been grinding through the minors. Mm-hmm. That big league debut is coming soon. By the way, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. What, what's the worst town you've been in? I, it's got to be it's got to be Clinton, Iowa. It's they have it's the terrible terrible field. That's it was the Mariners affiliate. Now I want to say it's like the Marlins maybe now. Um, Clinton, Iowa, easily the worst. Sorry about the banging, but um, Clinton, Iowa. It smelled like dog food. There's like a dog food factory there, so like ho- it smelled horrible. Field was horrible. Clinton, Iowa. There's actually a couple I think, teams. I believe Clinton I was actually been mentioned previously on the podcast about being one of the worst horrible. minor league cities in baseball. There's horrible. another one in, and it, it's we always Iowa in, towns though. In, we stayed in a roadway in too, which didn't help. I mean, it was absolutely terrible. Yeah, no, the, yeah, the thing of yeah, it's just the minor leagues, right? I can't believe believe there's minor league teams in Iowa because I I played in Nebraska for junior college and Iowa is like. Driving through there, no offense to Iowa. Actually, 100% offense to Iowa. It's one of the worst states in America. And I'll just like, yeah, it's, it's so yeah. bad. Not Yeah, and it's less than ideal, for sure. And yeah, so last year you finished up in AAA, like I said, uh, in Durham. Played for the Durham Bulls, which is like, honestly, one of the nicest minor league parks I think I've ever seen. It's just like, just the... The way, like the way they take care of it, I feel like, in my opinion, is is why it makes it so nice. I have a question that's just completely opposite of uh, the Durham Bulls. Why is the movie called Bull Durham the complete opposite of the team name? Is is there a reasoning behind that? Did you happen to find that out? I mean, I definitely didn't find out because of like while I was playing there, I was only there for like five days. Um, you know, I actually like really never gave it any thought. I just. just kind of just like whatever that's the name of the movie but that's you know those are the questions that we need that's what, we need that's what you get paid to, to, that's what you get paid to do right there <laughs> we, i mean i need to do big big j journalism and try to find out what's going on with these team names and all this kind of stuff so yeah like i said you played in durham what was durham like because i've heard it's I, i've heard it's like a pretty good party city i've heard it like the fans show up to that and all that kind of stuff so what is durham like so like i said i was only there for a couple days obviously like super awesome opportunity to, to make a start up there um 
But yeah, no, I mean, it was, I pitched there on like a Thursday, Thursday and the credit, it was like maybe five, 6,000 and, you know, college kids, it was electric, um, had an awesome time, uh, and just kind of soaking in the, the environment. Um, I pitched okay, but just the environment was amazing. I mean, it was just like being in a, a park with so much history and, you know, we obviously our team was really good. We played with a lot of really good players. So, um, you know, big, big, big guys who came down. Stella. There it is. I think we have the first ever dog on this podcast, ladies Stella. and gents. Show it to the camera. Show the, show, show the dog to the camera. Let's see the dog. Stella, get, get over here. Come here. There it is. Actually, hey. same. Yeah, Stella. Get, get. The, the, Stella, the, the, podcast, the podcast. The podcast. The pod, I mean, she's Come the here. podcast mascot. There it is. Come here. Come the here. first ever hey. dog to ever be on officially unofficial. I feel like we're going to have to visually put this podcast on. There she is. She's growling at me. But she no, this grumpy. is grumpy. Like, Stella, like, the first ever dog on the officially unofficial podcast. Honestly, this dog is the same color as my dog, which is incredible, which just means it's meant to be. Hey, same co- She's waving, hey. too. I mean, this is the podcast where we just have all sorts of creatures, all kind of animals <laughs> on this kind of thing. And speaking about that, I forgot to mention this. This is what I've been doing uh, cutting time here on the during this quarantine, I guess you can call it. There's a show on yeah. Netflix. I don't know if you've watched it. Tiger King. Have you watched Yo. it? So I haven't, but it's funny you should say that because I was literally about to recommend that Chrissy and I watch that tonight. I was I saw something about it and I heard you know what sounded really good, sounded like right up our alley. I haven't seen it. Only minor issue is Stella will bark at anything that's not human on the TV, so that'll be a hurdle. But um, other than that. Definitely gonna check it out. By the time this drops, probably everyone will be dialed in and watched it and stuff. So just just pre-announce that this is the craziest show you ever watched. It is bananas. And like I said, I just milked it in one day. Just finished the whole show in one day. Really? So, yeah. No, I mean, episodes and seasons. It's seven. It's, I mean, it's one season, seven one episodes. Season, we'll yeah. go deeper into it. So yeah. people listening that are probably punching their punching the air right now, saying, "Talk about it." I'm not gonna talk about it yet. We'll break. I'll break it down next week when it's all said and done. But just know this is the craziest show of yeah. all time. Tiger King. You want to make Netflix. sure you want to, yeah, you got to let, got to make sure that everybody gets their opportunity to watch it. You don't want to jump the gun on that. So, yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And I was tweet, I was uh, creeping your Twitter the other day and I saw that you were retweeting like the kind of stuff of guys being mic'd up while playing like Chris Bryant, all those kind of guys. Dude, and so, I wanted yeah, to, that stuff's so funny. I wanted to bring up that question with you. What would it be like if you were mic'd up on the mound? What kind of stuff would get, what kind of stuff would be brought to the light here? <laughs> Uh, it would depend on how the outing went, I would say. Uh, you'd, you'd hear me talking to myself a lot. I, I mean, obviously, if I was mic'd up, I'd probably... It's impossible to not know you're mic'd up, so I'd probably be a little bit different. But you'd hear me be talking shit to myself uh, at certain points, for sure. Um, probably call myself some names. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, obviously, like, good amount of, good amount of bombs, probably. So yeah, there would have to be a, like a censored button on on the thing. Yeah, I, like uh, I said, they would need to there would need to be a delay so they could bleep that stuff out for sure. Yeah, for yeah, sure. For and sure. like I said, I just find it crazy though that people are like suggesting that they that you mic up MLB players in the season, which is honestly the dumbest shit of all time. Do you think a minor a major league player could focus on playing baseball in a regular season where it matters while being mic'd up? I honestly don't think that could happen. I mean, I think. No, my answer is no. But I think like I don't know if you watch like any XFL games, but I think it's fucking hilarious when 
they have a kicker who misses a field goal and they go interview him. They say, Hey man, what went wrong? He's like, well, fucking missed it. You know, <laughs> it's like, no shit. You know? So I think, I think that kind of, those kind of like in game interviews would be funny. Um, you know, maybe like a guy like hits a homer and be like, you know, what was your thought process there? Or, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think it has, has a place, especially they're talking about like, trying to bring more attention to the game more fans and you know more viewership and stuff like that i mean i think just having the players be a little bit more humanized you know and like hearing them talk and hearing their their thoughts on everything instead of having like one interview post game or like one interview with like a starting pitcher who's not even thrown that day like in the seventh inning i don't know i think they i think they could implement something other than you know having rizzo give his you know pitch by pitch analysis you know while he talks but there's no, a workaround yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And there's been uh, one major league team that actually used the devices to their advantage. I'm not going to name any names because we've had guys from this team on the podcast, Houston Astros. But besides the fact on that, <laughs> let's talk about not the minor names, league. We won't, yeah, we won't single people out. So let's talk about spring training. Obviously got cut short. And you were probably throwing on the mound, just carving like you normally do. So what was going on when you were in spring training? Let's, I'm not going to talk about when it got cut off. How were you pitching and what were you doing um, before spring training, they got they shit canned it pretty much. Yeah, so I was pretty much ready to go. I mean, I threw I threw in a game uh, two days before we got banged. So I pitched in. We had like a minor league exhibition game at at our complex. I threw an inning, uh, two punches, no runs. But um, anyways, not a big deal. Don't, whatever. We don't, about stats. We, don't, we don't talk about stats. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, I was ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I was. I was ready to start ramping up. I'm a starting pitcher for those who don't know, but um, yeah, I was definitely chopping at the bit. I'd already thrown two live VPs, backed up a couple of big league games, pitching a game. I, I mean, I was definitely ready. We were starting minor league games. I think we we're supposed to start on like the 18th, so we're talking like we got banged like less than a week before that. So definitely disappointing timing. But I also feel for the major league guys who, you know, I know some of these guys who are built up to four innings already so uh, it's impossible to maintain that kind of volume uh, when you don't know when you're going to throw next but you also do want for guys who threw 150 200 innings last year you don't want to just take away that volume and end up throwing 100 innings this year or 125 innings this year and then the next year you've got to read build back up so you got to think long term i mean i would try i mean it's it, like i said it's difficult especially for minor leaguers, but for the big league guys, if, if they could, especially those workhorses, I would try to replicate at least, you know, short starts right now, you know, throw a couple up and downs, you know, throw 50 pitches in a bullpen, you know, whether it be 20, 20, 20 or whatever, just to try and replicate those innings. Cause you know, come a few months from now, you know, and then ultimately like next season, when you get late in the season, next season and, you coming off in a year where you threw 100 innings and you got to throw 200 the next year. I don't know how, what kind of effect that has on you. So it's definitely, definitely weird times around here. Yeah, no, it, de- it definitely is. And speaking about the major leagues, I mean, you, you just finished last year up in AAA and obviously a little bit in the back of your head, you're kind of like, damn, like I'm pretty close to the major leagues here. Has that kind of ran through your mind? Like um, when that debut is going to happen or how, or for instance, like how close you are to the major leagues? Yeah. I wouldn't say like when my debut is going to happen. I think that's kind of out of my hands, you know, but as far as controllables, like my daily 
routines and my work ethic and um, just the things that I can control is sort of being thrown off because I can't, there's only so much I can do right now. So um, yeah, it's definitely, it definitely, I think about it, you know, I think about what that means for my career, uh, but I try to always think big picture and um, you know, ultimately, you know, this stuff's affecting everybody and the only thing I can do right now is just try to take care of business on my end. And I think it's actually a great opportunity for, for a lot of guys um, to actually try to kind of distance themselves from the pack. I mean, cause there's a lot of guys right now as unfortunate as it is. And I hate to you know put it this way, but there are guys who don't have a choice. They have to stay in their house. They can't go out and long toss. They don't have guys they can throw bullpens with. They don't have access to weights. And I feel like I'm in a situation where I, I do have some of those things that I have access to as of now. Um, obviously we're being careful and everything, but right now, I mean, I'm, I'm going to throw a bullpen tomorrow, you know, so I'm just trying to make sure that I'm getting my work in so that I can be ready when my name's called. Yeah. And I just want to, like I said, put this on the record. When you do get that call to the big leagues, I just want you to send me the Drake gif of him courtside saying, let's go. That's it. That's going to be the only text <laughs> message if you that you send me. It's just, let's go. And I'll be like, all right, that, that's our universal signal. That's our bat signal. For when you're getting the call yeah. to the big leagues, and hopefully, <laughs> I mean, hopefully it happens soon because, like I said, you just got one more level to go here. And if you carve in AAA like you did last year in 2019, I mean, we might be seeing you in a in a temp in uh, Tropicana very soon with a uh, friend of the program, Tyler Glass. Now, not a big deal. So, like I said, we're gonna be preparing for that, and I'm I'm expecting the let's go gif being sent to me to my phone when you get the call, and I'm just gonna break it like it's ESPN. I will I will make sure that you know I have that gift locked and loaded although it shouldn't be too hard to find it's pretty pretty popular gift. It is a pretty popular gift. And this is the second last question I wanted to ask because you're Tampa Bay Rays guy a little bit of a in division rival with the Toronto Blue Jays. Let's get your thoughts here on Canada. Like what what, what have you what, what do you think about Canada cuz you're in California obviously which is pretty far from Canada. I honestly don't know I'm not a geographer but I'm pretty sure it's far from Canada in general so what have you been to Canada or you just you have no idea what it's like here yes I've been to Canada a couple times um, almost all all of it on the west coast so I did my after my freshman year of college I played summer ball in the west coast league Yakima Washington shout out my Pippins um, and we played in Kelowna twice so I did Kelowna twice the first time I was 17 the second time i was 18 second time was lit um and then my fiance and i and both of our immediate families flew up to uh vancouver two off seasons ago and did a like a three-day cruise back to la so like we flew to vancouver spent a couple days in vancouver like went over to victoria checked it out and then took a cruise back to LA. So that was super fun. I, I really enjoyed that trip as well. So I, every experience that I've had, um, in Canada has been super positive. I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, especially when I was 18 and I was able to drink on my 18th birthday. That was fun. There. Yeah, no, you're definitely right on that. And there's something also that I wanted to mention when I did Charles, I was trying to do research on you. I just wanted to thank you for your service because there's a, a line of K Rosenberg nursing homes, across the united states did you know about that that's a little fun fact for the podcasters kenny rosenberg nursing homes all across the united states of america yeah you know that was a little investment i made a few years ago <laughs> um, so yeah and you know 
I'm just trying, you know, I'm just trying to look out for, for the elderly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you look at the population of the of uh, the fans of the Tampa Bay Rays, and this is not a job at Tampa Bay Rays, so we have friends in the organization. Tampa Bay is just pretty much a lot of retired old people, so you're technically going right at the niche, right at the market in Tampa Bay by investing in the nursing homes and becoming a household name. So I actually respect that. At the end of the day, like that's Look, just it's a good thing on you. I'm just. I'm just trying to I'm trying to win the hearts of the fan base. If I got to buy them, I got to buy them, you know? Exactly. Some, sometimes you have to do that with the fan base. And this is the last question that I wanted to ask based off the fact that we have no baseball and that I'm kind of dead inside. Let's fire it up a little bit. Let's hype it up. What was the, be- the best moment you had last year on the mound, the best you've ever felt, the, the best you've ever thrown? That's a good question. Thank uh, you. I've heard you ask this to some other guys. I don't want to disappoint. Um, so best, like best I've ever felt or just last year? Or, well, let's go over. Let's go over. Let's pump the crowd up. I might have to put uh, some hype music behind in the background here when you give this story. Yeah, ever, ever was my third or fourth career start in college. I punched 16 against Northern Colorado. And nothing against Northern Colorado, but I threw like, I, th- I want to say I threw 98 pitches and probably 88 heaters. I mean, I was just blowing a bile. I was probably throwing like 92. It wasn't anything crazy, but I punched 16 and that was, I was rolling. I gave up like one hit. I lost no hitter in the seventh. That was the best I'd ever pitched just because they, I, so many swings and misses. I just felt so good. Um, okay. No, that's, strikeouts. that's, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the peak of any pitching career is 16 K. Let's talk about this then. This is the last, last, this is the last question. I promise everyone this is the last question. Mm-hmm. Who, who's the, the best hitter you've ever gotten out in your minor league career? Like the number one prospect in a mm-hmm. system or even a big leaguer? Yeah. The best hitter I've ever gotten out. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my toughest at bat and the best hitter I ever got out. I got out, you know, I faced Bichette and Vladdy in in low a and i i got them both out i don't remember what their exact career line is off me or anything like that so you're the bow and you're the bow and vladdy killer put on the record but put uh, it on some t-shirts <laughs> make it out the bow and vladdy killer kenny uh, bo definitely bo definitely got a double off me i remember exactly he hit it down the line so he has at least he at least got me once um and then my toughest my toughest out i like i gotta give it give him props was nick madrigal he's with the white Sox. The guy also like Wander is notorious for like not striking out. And I had him, I faced him in double A and then I also faced him uh, in my one start in Durham. And um, I remember in the double A game, I, he had this like, he had only struck out like eight times all year or something like that. And we faced him kind of mid late in the year. So it was like, he never strikes out. So I was like, oh, this dude out. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> which is a terrible idea <laughs> because you should just try to get him to hit a ground ball or something because he doesn't strike out. But I was like, nah, I'm just trying to strike him out. I am like Oh two or one, two, you know, miraculously. And I throw this dude, the nastiest back foot slider I've ever thrown. And I'm telling you, you guys can't see me, but he like swung like his bat, like straight down behind him and fouled it off. Like he just like chopped <laughs> behind, like it passed the ball past him, and he just kind of like, like just chopped at it, like he was cutting like, you know, a lemon or something, and just like fouled it off. And I was like, this guy's a wizard. <laughs> so I threw him, I threw him an ethos. I t- I swear I I threw like probably five or six ethos pitches all last year. Yeah, that's my teammates. Super super fun pitch. Highly recommend it. But 
Um, I threw this to Nephis, and I'm telling you, if he was like, if he was three inches taller, or I threw it a little bit lower, I would have froze his ass because he just watched it and didn't know what to do with it. It was like nobody had ever thrown him a pitch so slow. <laughs> it's probably like 58 miles an hour, and uh, yeah, it was a ball. And I think he, I think he, I got him out that at bat. But um, yeah, it's really tough out. The guy just really good bats, ball skills. So. Um, all three of those guys, you know, obviously Bichette and Vlad too, speak for themselves. But um, yeah, really tough outs. Yeah, we're gonna definitely keep that. You're the Bichette Vladdy killer. You're the kryptonite. So when when the when the Rays go and face the Jays when you're in the big leagues and those guys are up to bat, they're probably looking at that pitching rotation saying, "Please God, I hope I'm not playing. I'm not facing Kenny in the batting. <laughs> I'm not facing Kenny in our three day uh, road trip here." But there you have it, folks. I mean, future Tampa Bay Rays left handed pitcher starter. It was a pleasure doing this, man. There it is. Kenny Rosenberg. Appreciate you hopping on this. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a really good time. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.